This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, my flex learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E. Welcome to the Cybertraps podcast. I'm Jethro Jones coming to you from Washington. I'm the founder of the B Podcast Network of which Cybertraps podcast is a proud member and author of the book, School X and How to Be a Transformative Principal. I'm a former school leader at all levels of K-12 education. Greetings, everyone. I'm Frederick Lane, an author, attorney, and educational consultant based in Brooklyn, New York. I'm the author of 10 books, including most recently Cybertraps for Educators 2.0, Raising Cyberethical Kids, and Cybertraps for Expecting Moms and Dads. Jethro and I have teamed up to bring timely, entertaining, and useful information to teachers, parents, and others about the risks arising from the use and misuse of digital devices. Over the coming weeks and months, we'll be talking to some of the world's leading experts from the fields of education, parenting, sociology, and cyber safety. Join us as we look at what it takes to better navigate our increasingly high-tech world. For more information or to donate to our work, please visit centerforcyberethics.org. The Center, right, the Center for Cyber Ethics, a 501c3 independent nonpartisan educational institute, is the producer of the Cybertraps podcast, and the organization is dedicated to the study and promotion of cyber ethics as a positive social force through research curricula development, publishing and media, professional training, and public advocacy. Welcome in, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this special episode here on the Bee Podcast Network. I'm Ross Romano of the Authority Podcast, and it's my pleasure here to be joined by Greg Ehrenstoft, better known as Officer E. Officer E serves as the digital safety expert for Connected Class, and if you haven't heard of Connected Class yet, you will soon. They are going to be part of our upcoming EdTech Startup Showcase series right here on the network launching this fall, which will be a great opportunity for you to learn about a handful of wonderful EdTech startups doing a variety of things to impact student learning. So keep an eye on the network for that series launching soon. But today we're talking about digital safety and what parents can be doing to support that. Officer E has been presenting to parents and students for over 24 years. He's currently a police lieutenant in Florida. 
Prior to his law enforcement career, he worked as a youth director for 12 years before he moved into law enforcement. So, Officer E, thanks for being here. Thanks, Ross. Thanks for having me. Um, can you give us a definition from your perspective of what digital safety is on this show here? Uh, we do talk a lot about digital safety, cyber safety, cybersecurity, but we'd love to hear your angle on it and what are the key things you're looking at. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it can be a very, very broad uh, topic. I mean, digital safety is really the ability to understand and recognize threats that, you know, exist on the Internet, as well as having the skills and knowledge to, you know, avoid these threats. Uh, you know, these include knowing how to keep personal information private and secure online. Uh, it's, you know, protecting devices from malware and, and avoiding harmful or illegal content and managing online uh, relationships safely. I think those are some, you know, I said very broad and it really is. It, 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 there's so much to to online safety. And, uh, you know, those are some of the key things that I think are important, you know, for folks to really focus and concentrate on. Yeah, there's certain things that have changed, uh, you know, like we're in the current state of the connected world, right? And and over the past three, you know, two and a half, three decades, we've seen the evolution of the internet from the time where um, it was like a complete no-go, do not put your credit card information into a website, right? To, right. okay, there's been more safety and security around some of those things, and but it can cause some complacency in other areas where um, there really are threats. Absolutely. You know, we as a police officer see it all the time. It's unfortunate, you know, and a lot of times we have, you know, and it, it doesn't discriminate on age too, right? We, we've got it from anywhere from teenagers to those that are 90 years old. I mean, we had an incident last week where we had a uh, an elderly lady who gave over $100,000 to someone she didn't know. Um, and, and anything from when they're younger to, to sexting and, and stuff like that, that really affects their online digital footprint forever. Yeah. And forever. Right. Is that word, too, especially when we're talking about kids, young people um, who that's a lot for them to, to think about. Right. <laughs> the, the, the things they're interacting with doing and, and publishing online uh, really will continue to live in some form or fashion um, way beyond the point where they no longer would have done that same thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, an important point to talk about. So. Uh, you host a, a series, Take Three for Digital Safety, which shares a name with a, a webinar that we'll touch on as we go here. But um, tell us about the series, the resources, you know, what, how people can access that and what it looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So um, right now it's subscriber based, um, but uh, at the uh, podcast, uh, there's going to be a way for those who aren't subscribers to be able to become subscribers and to access those videos. And we touch on topics that range from anything like we talked about, you know, from sexting uh, to, to pornography, uh, to keeping kids safe from, from people they don't know online, some tips and tricks for parents to, to really kind of dive in to, to take control of, of some of these issues. Yeah. And, and are there common questions that come up from parents about digital safety, either you know, the questions they lead with, or are there other questions that maybe come up as they start to learn more and then it, it sparks different ideas? Yeah. So you're, you're right. Parents, they, they have, and, and I tell parents all the time that, listen, you know, you say I'm, I'm called an expert, but really uh, I'm in the trenches. I'm, I'm a parent, I'm a teenager, you know, and trying to, to navigate that world of how much is too much, but yet pulling the reins back to say, no, you know, this really isn't a good idea. Um, and a lot of common questions I get is, is how do you keep up with the ever-changing world of digital safety and, and, you know, what applications should I use? You know, what monitoring software is the best? And 
And I always tell parents, you know, the best monitoring software is you, right? It's it's maintaining that that balance of, of healthy boundaries and expectations. Um, and so really it's it's that the due diligence of the parent of, of checking the phone, right? Checking the computer, you know, looking at the browsing history, what kind of messages are being sent? Do I allow things like Snapchat um, and TikTok and 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 just really how much is is is, is right? You know, and when we have, um, I do uh, as a part of Connected Class, I go out to schools and you know, and we talk to parents and we give them, you know, some of the tools, you know, not digital tools per se, but but those tools they as a parent for things that they need to look out for, and you know, sometimes it's hard. Right. Because in a digital world, things can go right delete. Um, but things that are much more, you know, um, consistent are our behaviors of our kids. Right. If you start to see things in our kids that are outside the norm, their, their grades are going a little down or uh, maybe their other behavior starting to change. You know, those are some of the clues to, to kind of look in. Mm, OK, what's going on? You know, and is it their best friend as a part of it? And, you know, a lot of times for kids, their best friend is that, right. that device in their hand. Right. Um, and so those are the things that we really we kind of we we talk about when it comes to the questions. Um, but the best the best, you know, monitoring software uh, isn't software. It's it's the parent. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm certain a big part of that would be. How the parents can how they would go about initiating and, you know, having discussions with their kids and kind of, um, of course they could, there's certain things where they might make rules about it. Right. And and say, we're restricting this or doing that, or there's a certain device that we're not going to have, but ultimately that really only goes so far. And, and it certainly doesn't do much to, um, to inform their kids about why, what are the reasons why we're doing this? Uh, what do you have to look out for on your own? And and those type of things. How how are parents um, able to translate, you know, the things they're learning from these resources to saying, okay, let's sit down and talk about this and, and figure out what's going on and, and come to some agreements about it, right? So that I and my child both kind of get the importance of what we're doing here and there's some give and take and there'll be some things they're probably not too happy about, but um, at least they understand the positive intent. Absolutely. You know, uh, one of the things I tell parents is, is use a contract, right? List out what expectations, the things that are acceptable, things that are not acceptable. And then, you know, listing out, you know, what's going to happen if we step outside the bounds of this contract, right? Um, one of the great things that I do in my house is I have a, a kind of like a seven to seven rule, right? You're not going to use technology from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And I don't allow my kids to have their device in their room, right? It gets charged in a place out on the counter in the kitchen. Um, and, and really, that's a great time for me as the parent. I did it last night. Uh, for me to go through the phone. And I don't hide that from my kids. They know that's part of the expectations. Um, and uh, they know, hey, dad, can I have your phone back? So they know it's not their phone. I allow them to have and use. Um, and so therefore, when I take it away, it's not you took my phone. No, no, I took my phone back. Um, and it's I'll tell you, sometimes it's hard as a parent, right? I get it to struggle because you want your kids to connect with other kids. But first and foremost, uh, foremost is is their safety, right? And protecting them from from content, um, you know, from things that are not only going to harm them, um, that could harm them 
physically, you know, we get bullying all the time and, and stuff like that, cyber, cyber bullying. Um, but also, you know, it's going to harm them psychologically. You know, one of the biggest struggles for kids is their image. Um, and man, I tell you what, with, with technology and the way that they can alter their image to make sure that they're looking acceptable to others is, is really just psychologically damaging, uh, for kids to, to not feel good and secure about who they are. Um, and that's, that's one of the things that I'm conscious as a parent and I caution, I caution other parents about that. Listen, you know, addiction is a strong thing with technology. I mean, I want to say the, the surgeon general, you know, just recently came out and and said that, you know, the effects of social media on adolescent mental health, you know, they're not fully understood, but that there's some indicators that social media can have a, a profound risk of harm to the mental health and well-being of children and adolescents. And, and you see it. Um, I, I can tell you countless stories, you know, of, of where kids, they just they don't know how to handle um, addiction, you know, cell phones, technology. You know, it, it, cre- it creates, you know, serotonin and and it, it's, you know, it, it makes kids anxious and if they don't have it, they need it. And it's the same uh, indicators that we get with things like drugs and alcohol, you know, with um, with sex and, and stuff like that. And so when we have, you know, when we give kids sometimes a device, it's like we've just opened the liquor cabinet and said here with no restrictions. Right. Because we have restrictions on smoking. Right. Uh, on on drug, on alcohol, you know, we say you got to be a certain age, but when we give kids a device, we don't give them that same restriction. They have full access. And so as a parents, it's our job to kind of step in and say, mm, you know, we're going to have some boundaries, some expectations, and, you know, you're not just going to have free reign, you know, with technology. Yeah. And, and it shouldn't be uh, too surprising uh, to most people, especially any anybody who has ever interacted with, engaged with social media, and, you know, online media, that um, it would have a significant effect on young minds. Because um, <laughs> I mean, I, I we've certainly seen people of all ages, right, that have a hard time really navigating, um, you know, propriety and and uh, and healthy i think engagement behaviors on those sites and um people who you know uh, maybe you've you've known family members friends but you know, you've known for much of your life and then you see the kind of things that they're publishing on social media and you say i don't know in, in real life this is this person's a normal person i don't know what's going on here right but you sort of go down these rabbit holes and and um, again, people of all ages have difficulty um, with uh, with understanding, you know, with digital literacy, right? What's good information? What's bad information? What's a reliable source? Um, what's something that's that's kind of just put there to to make people emotional and 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 even with identities online you know who's who's really who they say they are who isn't and what should i be sharing and doing and all those things and um and again you know all of us uh, understand you know we can very easily fall into that habit where we're just as guilty of being addicted to our phones and uh, and can't have a quiet moment <laughs> you get used to these things um so it should be no surprise that yeah for the developing mind that's even more of a risk. 
And as these things continue to evolve and we have digital natives who come up in the world and, and develop more savviness about the use of the devices than their parents and, and the general, you know, it becomes even harder and harder to be able to monitor that when they're so good at knowing how to, to get around. You know, what's funny is uh, during doing some of my research, did you know that, um, you know, Steve Jobs, right? The guy who revolutionized the world with the iPhone, right? He never let his kids use it because he didn't want him dependent on technology. And, you know, I, I think, wow, you know, it, it wasn't until after, you know, Steve Jobs' passing that his kids actually used the iPhone. Uh, and that just, for me, is like, wow, um, it speaks, you know, volumes of, of what this, you know, genius of a man, you know, thought about technology and the addiction that he saw, you know, not wanting his kids to be reliant on it. And, um, you know, and I, I it's, it's true, it's a big struggle big struggle yeah. and you know you know what's real what's not real like you were saying you know it's hard to differentiate you know in a digital world when you can't see it face to face yeah how did how did you get interested in in this work i read in the intro that you had um, spent time as a youth director and before you got into law enforcement but um what kind of drew you to to specifically working with this digital safety yeah. So uh, when I became a police officer a couple of years after I started, uh, I became a school resource officer at a middle school. And, uh, we, you know, one of the, the big things like we're talking about, you know, it would be constant, whether somebody had their phone stolen, you know, or the bigger issue for me was sexting. You know, kids would, you know, take photos of themselves. And then next thing you know, it was it was traveling the school. Right. And so I have kids in my office constantly, parents in my office, you know, upset that this, you know, photo or video that was taken by the student and then sent to other students um, and they wanted me to do something about it. I'm like, listen, first off, let's just be real here for a second. This wouldn't have happened if your kid didn't, you know, do what they did. Um, but it was a real struggle. And mm -hmm. so working uh, with the administration of the school, you know, I said, you know what, let me put on a presentation for kids um, and then I, also for parents. So everyone's on the same page to educate them on the dangers and give them awareness and the tools they need to be safe and successful while navigating this digital world. Uh, how it started. And, and from there, uh, it, it really it kind of caught wind. So next thing you know, I was I was traveling throughout, you know, uh, throughout different places to do this within the city and then the county. Um, and then I had an opportunity to to speak on the national stage at one of uh, the police, the National Police Athletic mm -hmm. League Conference. And um, and it's it's really just kind of taken off. I, uh, you know, Crystal uh, would connect a class, you know, came to one of my presentations and she was like, man, uh, I think this is something that would be great. And we've partnered up and it's you know, it's just it's going well, very, very well. And so that's kind of where how it started, you know, just identifying a need. Um, and, um, you know, here we are. Right. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, a great point there that you made toward the end that, um, connected class again, you know, hopefully our, our listeners are going to have a lot more opportunities to hear about connected class through our EdTech startup showcase series and, um, some other shows where, uh, Crystal and others might be interviewed, you know, throughout the next year and, and that'll be, but, um, you know, this digital safety topic, clearly the fact that there's an ongoing series about this, right? A lot of content going out is really important. It's not, you know, connected class is not a 
digital safety tool. This is not what it's about, but it's about understanding, okay, if we want to be connected, if we want to go out there and be accessing resources and taking learning deeper and deeper into the 21st century world, right? And, and the way that um, just everything operates and really benefiting from that, we also have to be aware of being safe, being aware, um, and continuing to dialogue about that because not only is it critical, but it's the best practices are changing all the time, right? Because the technology is changing and um, whether it's, you know, it was the internet or it's AI or it's social media or it's any of the above, um, it's, there's just always something new to be aware of and, and to be smart about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and one of the things, you know, you know, I get parents who are like, you know, well, how do I know about the latest app? And how do I know about the, you know, the most new social media? I said, you know what? Uh, apps are created, tens of thousands of apps are created every day. And there's no way, no way that you're going to be up to date on every single one of those. But the constant thing that you can do is to set those boundaries. You know, if you're doing the things that, you know, I tell parents, you know, to, you know, within the contract that you think is is for your kid, you're the only one who knows your kid. I don't know your kid. You know, nobody knows your kid better than you do. Um, but, you know, the fact that you go through a phone, right, and you're seeing the things that they're doing, you're looking at browsing histories, you're seeing, you know, and if you're allowing them to have social media, you know, uh, you have their accounts, you have their logins, and you're friends with them, Right. And you see those things firsthand, you know, you got to address them. Obviously, we don't want to address them where it's an embarrassing moment for kids. You don't want to go on there and blast them and you wait till you get home and all their friends see it. And, you know, it's one of those things that you're a silent follower, you know, and you want to make sure that you're educating your kid. You're not just, you know, hitting them with discipline every left and right. You want to make sure that you're doing it with grace, too. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you want them to know and understand because, you know, for me, I don't know about you, Ross, I, I didn't grow up you know, with, you know, access to the world in my handheld, you know, right. device, right. I had a beeper, right? I mean, that that was, that's, you know, or you were Zach Morris with the big phone with the bag, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah, right. that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't me like the kids today. And and so for us as parents, we need to make sure we're taking a pause and step back and, and really trying to understand the culture that's going on and the shift of technology and how it's, you know, played a part in that um, and, and having some grace and, and understanding uh, but you also want to, at the same time, have that firm hand as a parent to make sure that, you know, kids are, are, are navigating this in a safe way. We want them. Technology is not going to go away. Right. It's just going to expand even more. And so we want to make sure we give them not only the technical tools, but also the emotional tools to be able to deal with the things that are going on in technology. Right. And it is, you know, among all the other challenges is that almost... <laughs> Almost anything can become a safety issue in, in the digital world, right? So, you know, you referenced earlier about looking at kids' phones at the end of the day and reviewing what they've been doing. And there's certain things, obviously, that are, as a parent, are going to stand out as, oh, I'm not so sure about this. And it's not necessarily a red flag as a, oh, this is a, a safety issue, but it's just kind of a, what's my kid doing here thing. Um, and yet, you know, a lot of the things can evolve into safety issues if there's not a discussion about, okay, here's what to be aware of. But <laughs> right, there's that 
it to be effective and to effectively get them on board with um, having parameters and, and take, making their own decisions about what's a good thing to do and what's not a good thing to do. Um, there's a pick your spots thing right there is that it's can't, you can't necessarily go through the entire list and say, and this, and this, and this, and this, and that, because then it's just going to be okay. Well, everything I do is wrong. And I, and I'm not really understanding the difference between what's really a problem and what's just something you just don't like, (laughs) but um, you know, easier said than done. You know, one of the things Ross said, um, you know, we really, you know, see, you know, and also in law enforcement, you know, one of the, I'm in, you know, one of the things that I do right now is, is I'm also a part of our recruiting and retention and hiring of police officers. Right. And so we've seen, you know, this generation of, 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 of applicants, you know, that have a real issue with communicating. Right. Why? Because they're so used to communicating digitally and having these face-to-face interactions are so much more challenging, right? They don't know how to, to articulate the things that they want to say. They don't know how to ask the right questions. And so, you know, we have officers that come to us and we put them through uh, our training program and, and they're out there and they're taking calls for service. You know, they don't know how to ask the right questions. They don't know how to have, you know, they don't have those communication skills. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that in, in the workforce and other types of occupant or occupations, right? You know, kids not knowing, uh, students coming out of college not knowing how to communicate uh, in an effective way that's going to make them successful in the workforce. Um, and so that's that's a huge thing that we see. Yeah, absolutely. So um, there's this webinar coming up on November 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern, and we're going to put the link below. Anybody interested can register. And it's take three for digital safety, tips for keeping your child safe. Um, one. You know, we know parents should check it out. Anybody else that should attend? And what are some of the things they'll learn if they check it out? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really, it's open to everyone. You know, whether it's parents, um, educators, um, you know, anyone who, grandparents, you know, uh, anybody, because it's going to have tidbits of things for everyone to know. You know, we're going to we're gonna talk about how to, you know, look in devices. Like I said, one of the most important things is is to go through a kid's device um, but what do you want to, what are you looking for? You know, what are some things that, uh, some tips and tricks for you to find some of the things that may be there, uh, things like, you know, hidden apps, you know, you have things called vaults, right? If you, if your kid, unless your kid's really into math, you know, there's no reason for them to have two calculator apps, right? And, and one of those calculator apps could be what's called a vault where you punch in the code, uh, which is a combination of numbers and it opens and there are some files that, you know, you may not have known were on the phone. Uh, so, you know, we're going to be talking about that. You know, we talk about, you know, some healthy boundaries, how to create a contract, what that looks like. And that's one of the things we're going to do at the end is we're going to send them. Everyone who registers is going to get a sample contract, something that they can use, uh, change, make their own uh, to use. Uh, we'll talk about how much time is, is too much time. And uh, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about sexting, you know, the dangers of, of what that is and, you know, talk about some real life stories and and how it's real, you know, and how things like that really can tarnish, you know, uh, your 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 digital footprint and your your reputation, not only online, but in life. 
Excellent. Are there maybe one or two tips you can preview here uh, to get to get folks <laughs> a real understanding of, of what they can learn? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, in the, in the in the years past, throughout the years, I talked about Amanda Todd, um, you know, and what she did. You know, it's we talk about your online reputation, and you know, you look back to when we were having the Kavanaugh hearings in the Supreme mm-hmm. Court case, right? Right. And if you remember, what they were looking at and scrutinizing so much was a written calendar, right? Mm-hmm. Places he was, who was he with, what was he doing. And, and here we're talking about a calendar. Can you imagine uh, fast forwarding in a few years when our kids, uh, they're not going to be looking at a calendar, right? They're going to be looking at their, their, their Facebook. They're going to be looking at their Instagram, their Twitter, using that to really criticize and to get into um, things. And so really focusing on, you know, our kids, um, you know, their reputation and how that have, has a lasting effect on them. You know, we, we talk about, um, we talk about scholarships, you know, going into higher education, you know, how they're going to do their due diligence, you know, uh, schools and acceptance, scholarships for sports. You know, they're going to really dive in because they want to make sure the person that you have on paper for that application is the same person that's online. Right. Because if those two don't match up, that could be the difference between getting accepted, getting that scholarship, getting that big job. You know, that first job out of college, you know, if if they see things on social media that don't really add up to what you've put on this piece of paper of a a resume, you know, they're going to probably second guess, you know, the person that they want to bring in as a part of their organization. Uh, So we we touch on those things. Um, uh, And then, uh, of course, we will we'll talk about the, you know, the the upcoming opportunity for folks to be a part of, you know, a learning link kit where we can, uh, you know, go into some more details. Folks can sign up for that. Yeah, uh, that, that uh, Kavanaugh hearing, that's such a great example, you know, for somebody in high school now, if they're in that same position in 30 years, it's not going to be, a, you know, a battle of whose testimony is credible and who remembers what. It's going to be, well, I have the video right here. Here's what happened, right? right? There's, there's going to be, a, you know, a, a documentation and evidence of exactly whatever happened. And um, it's a reason to just be really mindful and, and smart. And those things change. So it, it reminds me of something I would think about sometimes while watching uh, the show Mad Men <laughs> that was set in like, you know, the sixties and, the character would just go missing for a couple of days and then go, Oh, sorry, I wasn't near a phone. And it was like, Oh, okay. And wow. nobody knows what happened in between. <laughs> they could have been doing whatever. And it was just a completely different day and age of technology and the expectations of, all right, <laughs> you know, what's happening here. And, and that evolves and evolves to the point now where, yeah, any of us with uh, young children probably have several thousand photos on our devices and no idea of what we're ever going to do with any of these <laughs> right? just, it just keeps you helping right? <laughs> and um, you know one of the scary things with that is is that you know you can hit delete but once you post you lose control of whatever you put up there right mm-hmm. whether someone saves it or you know it's deleted but yet it's still on a server somewhere right so we can and that was a big thing with Snapchat was, yeah. hey, it's going to disappear. No one's ever going to have it. But then they're like, well, you can do a screenshot. But yes, the other person gets notified that you did a screenshot. Right. right. 
but that doesn't that if you're recording a screen, you don't get that notification. If right. somebody's, you know, whether it's on a device or one going over top recording the screen, you know, and those things just don't disappear. And folks think that, you know, it's not a big deal, but those things come back to haunt you. Right. Um, and uh they just, you know, being aware of that. Well, listeners, yeah, please um check out the link below for the take three for digital safety webinar on November 9th. You can go through RSVP there free. Uh, please also keep an eye out on the network for that EdTech Startup Showcase series coming out very soon this fall. You'll learn a lot more about Connected Class and a few other wonderful EdTech startups. Uh, subscribe to this show, Cybertraps, for more episodes on cyber safety, cybersecurity, all the various issues that parents, educators are challenged by. Um, we know that it's you know important to continue having those conversations. And if you're interested in interviews with authors from education leadership, general leadership titles, and much more, check out my show, The Authority Podcast, also on the network or authoritypodcast.net. Okay, Officer E, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Ross, for having me. It's been fun. That wraps up this episode of the Cybertraps Podcast. In the coming weeks and months, we'll continue our coverage of emerging trends in a variety of areas including digital misconduct, cyber safety, cybersecurity, privacy, and the challenges of high-tech parenting. Along the way, we'll talk to a growing collection of international experts who are helping us to understand the risks and the rewards of digital technology. You can find the Cybertraps podcast on all of your favorite podcast apps. We hope that you'll share the show with your friends and colleagues and reach out to us if you have guest question or topic suggestions. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Jethro Jones and Fred is at Cybertraps. And if you're still listening, man, you must have loved this show. Please leave us a five-star <laughs> rating and review in your podcast service. We appreciate having you with us and look forward to having you join us for our next episode. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. Do you want to save time on prep work, increase student achievement for all of your students, reliably meet tier one standards? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to ixl.com slash B to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE.